everyone, welcome to our very first after the episode follow-up for the Courage to Change a Recovery podcast. I am here with our producer, Christiana. Hello. Hello. And we wanted to just thank everyone for the tremendous support and encouragement uh, that we received after episode one. It has been, (laughs) I don't know about you, but I, I did not think that the response was going to be so uh, positive. I was really blown away. I, I mean, I knew it wasn't me sharing my story. I was getting to, you know, interview you. And so I, I was kind of on the edge. And then you started sharing your story. And I'd heard parts of it before, but it was like hearing it for the very first time. And I think I was just so blown away at how many people reached out and were so touched by the yeah. story. Yeah, I, I was really, um, it was, I'm so glad that all of that happened so that other people can feel better. <laughs> I mean, you know, you just never know how that stuff is going to uh, affect people when it, you know, from from my mouth to their ears, like what is going to, what they're going to hear, you know, and, and it was really interesting to hear what resonated with people. And one of the things that I didn't really talk about was that I had a lot of fear and um, concern about the stigma going into that interview. I originally wasn't going to talk about my story. I was just going to go into interviews with other people and and talking about the you know the the topic, the general topic of recovery. But uh, after further thought, I felt like the stigma that. I'm I'm afraid of or that I I was afraid of is the very stigma that I talk about getting rid of and yet when it came right down to it I found myself being really afraid of the stigma around addiction and alcoholism and recovery and not wanting it to affect my kids and my husband and my family and worrying about how you know (laughs) telling my story might hurt me on an insurance claim years from now when I need a new hip or something and you know what happened was I realized that this is exactly why there is stigma and shame because people like me aren't willing to come forward and say hey this is what it looked like before I pulled my life together you know it's one thing to say you're in recovery and it's another thing to tell the stories of your kidnappings and and you know IV usage and all that stuff it was just very scary so it's been wonderful to hear that people are having a positive response to it and it's felt good to step forward into the light and lead by example and and walk the talk which is we need to reduce stigma and shame around this topic and realize that these people, um, these recovering people are all around us. Absolutely. And I think that what you touched on where, you know, you said these people are all around us. You know, it's, I came into the industry thinking at one point, oh, you know, an alcoholic or, or you know, someone with a substance use disorder, you know, they're the ones who are like living on the sides of the street. Right. And while sometimes that is the case, there are high functioning people in society who you have absolutely no clue that they're absolutely struggling with something and it's terrifying and it's terrifying for the families and it's terrifying for these people and 
I think what you did in sharing your story and being brave to share your story is A, you are helping to be yet another person that's reducing the stigma by sharing it, just like you said, and telling people that it's okay. There's an aspect of healing whenever you have the courage to be able to speak up and to be able to say, this happened to me. And there is hope. There's a way out of it. And I think on both ends, because like you talked about how it affected your family and how difficult that was and how difficult it was for them at some points and how difficult it is sometimes for you at some points now. It is a conversation that has to be spoken about. And what I love is that uh, survivors and, and people in all different types of recovery are starting to find their voice more and more and more. And we really wanted to be a part of that conversation because you know we really understand that it takes that amount of courage and bravery, but also to get that kind of response where people are emailing us and yeah. you know, texting and yeah. calling and saying like, hey, like, you know, they, they either want to be, we're, we've had people that are reaching out, they want to share their story now. Yeah, and or like, when is the next episode? And, right. you know, that's been really cool. And, and yeah, there, you know, I think the big thing that I want to talk about in, on this podcast going forward too is courage does not mean that you're not afraid. In fact, courage means you are afraid. You're just doing it anyway. And I think that's that's the piece that we have to remember. There's so much. I, I so often thought, oh my gosh, I'm so scared. I'm such a wimp. I'm so weak. All these things. But really, as I'm I'm pushing through that and that's what courage looks like and if I can remember that and just be honest about it you know that that's that's a big thing like hey this is scary for me I'm putting my story out and people might judge it people might judge my family I mean honestly I'm more worried about um, the judgment to the people around me than I am to myself but I think that there's just so much value in, in having this conversation and and recovery is recovering from so many different things. You know, I really, Mm -hmm. we talk about substance abuse as the primary thing um, because that's just a a big piece of the stories, my story and the story of the people that are coming on this show, but also recovery from uh, sexual abuse, recovery from eating disorders, um, from relationships. You know, there's so many different types of recovery. And a lot of the time, different types of recovery lead to substance use recovery. So I think um, I, I think I'm really excited to open up the the conversation to show that there's recovery in all sorts of forms and it's available to anyone who wants it. Absolutely. And I, I had no clue. I mean, I know that it's such a vulnerable thing. Again, I keep saying vulnerable, but it's because it is to share your story, but you're like some sort of superhero. You just like walked right in here and you were like, I'm ready. (laughs) It's time. Let's get it out there. I know. I I was like, all right, we're doing this. We're doing this. We're just going to do this story. Let's get it done. And I felt like I uh, vomited emotions after, like I was so tired after I told it. My my story is so exhausting. Well, you did such a great job. And I think that you, just like so many other people in recovery, have really pioneered and paved the way for – people in all different types of recovery to be able to speak up and share their story. And, you know, even as we're seeing in recovery, sometimes your recovery will come in different pieces as you actually hear other people share. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden you connect the dots and you're like, wait a minute. Yeah, this that's makes been sense huge. in my life or that wait hold on this is why I had this reaction or 
this was some sort of a delayed reaction from something that happened when I was in childhood, but this was as bad as I thought. Wait, hold on. And, and it really helps people to kind of connect those dots and, and kind of go back to the roots of things that they may not have even honestly understood or known was yeah. as bad as it was. For sure. For sure. You know, there's, if we were able, if we, if all the truths came to us right when we got you know, abstinent into recovery, whatever it is for you, we would not be able to handle that. That's the reason that we started using whatever it is, whether that's relationship, sex, money, uh, whatever your your drug of choice is. We use that because we don't have the tools to deal with whatever it is. And, we, you know, that void that I was talking about. And if we got all of our truths at once we wouldn't be able to handle that it's only yeah. through years of recovering that each piece reveals itself you know they they talk about peeling the onion mm-hmm. you know each layer comes off and then and then you can deal with that and, it, and you get deeper and deeper it's such a great analogy someone once told me just like you said uh, I think it was one of the therapists that I actually saw a long time ago they said that your healing will come in different layers yeah. and you'll only be able to deal with one thing at a time and then and then you you are able to live with that reality and then you peel back the onion in another layer and yeah. another layer and that's okay like I'm I've been the kind of person that wants to get everything done now now and it, and, and it's fine but the reality of it is that recovery is not a microwave result right you cannot put product in microwave and bing get recovery you know, right it takes time well so it it, one of the things they say is it takes time to get time oh that's so good you know it does and it's it's true and i mean i <laughs> i've every phase of my recovery i've been handed beautiful life lessons in the form of very uncomfortable packages <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah you get you get handed what you can you know manage what you can stand and sometimes it feels like you there's no way that you're going to be able to get through this whatever this is and then you do and then you look back I mean I, I look back on um things I thought were a big deal when I was first sober and you know now with kids and a job and school and this and that I like you know it's just I laugh. I laugh at what I thought was a big deal or how I thought I didn't have time for things. That's that's another one. See, that's, that's why I call you superwoman. Well, no, I Jobs, don't know about that. school, kids, <laughs> husband, other things, self-care, recovery. Oh, it ain't as perfect as it looks. It's not perfect, but it's good. Yeah. <laughs> so, Ashley, I wanted to ask you a question because um, – our hope is with these kind of after the episodes, we're able to kind of take like a like a little topic or yeah. uh, uh, pinpoint something that maybe people had a question about or maybe, you know, after we recorded the episode, we're like, oh, we wish we would have dived a little right. deeper into this. So one of the responses that we've been getting uh, seems to be kind of parallel in many, many of the emails and responses that people have been sending in regards to episode one is talking about the void. When you were talking about, I had this void, I needed to fill it, and I would rather, you know, feel the effects, the negative effects of the substances that you were taking and the alcohol you were drinking, rather than feel that void and feel that pain. A lot of our follow-up questions had to do with that void. And I think listeners wanted to know, how did you end up filling that void? And what are you doing in regards to taking care of that part of you now? (laughs) Yeah, I don't think that void, um, It's an, that's a really great question. Recovery is about filling that void with different things. And, and 
I hesitate to say that I have filled that because I think it's about filling it on a daily basis. Um, So for example, the things that I was looking for with alcohol and drugs and relationships and every other substance or, you know, behavior that I've ever done that try to feel better is connection. And the opposite of addiction is connection. Mm. And so that feeling connected to a community, learning how to connect with people, show up in relationships, um, love unconditionally, just be connected to the world, the you know society, community, however big or small you know you want that to be. For me, feeling connected has been a really important start um, to filling that void because what happened was I slowly and sometimes quickly lost that connection and became more and more connected to substance. And I use that in place of relationships and connection. And really for me and in my recovery, what life has shown me to be of utmost value are the connections and the relationships much more than I ever really understood. So I do a lot of things to fill that void now. I fill it with um, meetings. Um, I fill it with friends and community. I fill it with um, reading. I love to read, and I read a lot, and um, and I annoy the crap out of my husband because I always want to read him all the things that I'm reading. <laughs> um, I can't wait for my sons to care, which they won't, but I can't wait to read them things that they don't want to hear. Uh, and I um, love yoga, and I like to exercise, and I love my work. I have a really strong spiritual life that's building um, that I have been seeking. It's been this gradual process of finding what I love, what I like, what makes me feel good, what makes me feel connected to the reason I'm here on earth. That sounds so intense, but I really for so long felt sentenced to another day of life. I really just did not want to be on the planet and not in a way that was suicidal although I was suicidal on the installment plan but I just wanted meaning to my life and I felt uh, I lacked that and so now each piece of my life brings meaning and I, I am so busy that I only spend time other than you know paying the trash bill uh, doing things that bring me joy in my life. I do not spend time with people I do not want to spend time with. I I'll, you know, I think I'll, that is a big piece that you grow into as an adult as your time gets crunched, you save your time for the things you really want to do. Um so that void to kind of full circle for you cuz I've just gone off on my monologue. Um <laughs> that void is filled every day on con- it, it, it's 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 a date, you know, I hate to use all these uh, terms that are used in recovery because they're so cliche, but it's true. Um, it's a daily reprieve. I, If I don't take care of my recovery for long periods of time, that void comes back. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it empties itself. So it's it stays filled up as long as I maintain it, that well, so to speak. It will, it it's full as long as I'm maintaining it. And the less I maintain that, the more it comes back. So being able to maintain that includes 
A, putting your recovery first. B, doing work to kind of find your sense of purpose. Why am I here? But like that's so vague. So like let me give you an example of what that means because I, that, yes, that is 100% true. But at the same time, people say that and it's like, well, what does that mean? Right. So putting my recovery first, that means that on the weekends, in the mornings, um, I, that is my husband, I go to our, uh, you know, our, our meetings, our 12-step meetings, and I would rather sleep in. I would rather um, go to the gym. I would rather do a lot of other things um, with that time. But then I remember that that's the only that's that's my real time that that has been set aside and my commitment. So I go to that meeting, and then I'm in love with what I've done. Right? I could reconnect with my friends and my recovery, but. I have to remember that when there's something else I'd rather do in that moment, that that my recovery is coming first. So I actively do something that puts it first. Even if there are other priority pressing things, it always has to come first. Part of that is scheduling your recovery into your life. You know, you it's not negotiable. It's just part of life. It's like another appointment or another thing. It's scheduled in there. It's not like, oh, I'll see when I have time. So that's putting it first. So recovery has to be like that essential. Like you need your food. You need shelter. You, yeah. You need love. You need recovery. You need all these things in order to maintain your recovery. Recovery is just, recovery is a new life, mm-hmm. right? It's just, you can't, you can stop using whatever your substance is but the reason that you were using is still there so recovering from that whether it's an eating disorder a relationship again all the different things you are you are you you must change your life like the 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 ins and outs the details of your life so um that means that building in phone calls to people in recovery, talking about recovery, reading about recovery, meditation, exercise, changing the way you eat. There's so much research that shows that the way that you eat affects your susceptibility to addiction, including people who wouldn't necessarily have the genetic predisposition. Um, There's new research coming out about that that's really fascinating and that there's a lot of um, in people with addiction there's a lot of vitamin d deficiency there's so many different things that come with recovery i think that it must be looked at from a holistic point of view not just oh i'm going to go to this meeting and then somehow i'm going to stop doing whatever this behavior is like the healing is an entire it's a whole healing process and that is why it's so important to find a community, to find experts, to find peers, to find other people who can offer you resources and can and lead the way and show the path because it's not something you're going to think up on your own. Um, you, the brain that got you into the mess is not the brain that's going to get you out of it. I loved when you said in episode one, you can't fix your broken brain with your broken brain. That's just resonated in my head just yeah. for the past week. Yeah, because the, uh, the brain, are, you know, my brain got me into this mess my thinking got me into this mess. My thinking is not going to get me out of it. So I had to find other people that had what I wanted. They had beautiful lives and they had a great career and they were beautiful and they, you know, had families and whatever, all the things that I wanted or were certainly thought I wanted. And I had to ask them what they did. And they, you know, they say, you want what the winners have, do what the winners do. 
So that's, that's, that's what we're like, that's what my filling my void is about doing what the winners do. And what I thought the winners did and what I thought um, I wanted with my life is very different than what I turned out to have wanted. I really wanted um, originally like all the material stuff and I, I still like that stuff and and hope to have some of that stuff but <laughs> I um, it's again it really comes back to the connection because when I'm in gratitude and connected to what I have then I'm I'm truly at an inner peace and comfortable in my skin that's such a great point and explanation Ashley thank you so much for going you know, back into your story and, and diving in a little deeper sure. with some of those insights. I hope this helps to give a little more insight into that question about the void that some of our listeners had. And if you guys have any additional questions or if you'd like to see any specific content on the podcast, we do have our own email address now. Woo! It's podcast at lionrockrecovery.com. Please feel free to reach out. We love hearing from our listeners. It gives us so much joy. Yes, absolutely. We, we, um, we're really open to feedback as well and, and topics that you want to hear about or guests that you want to hear from. We have a lot of great guests planned and definitely want to expand and uh, bring content that is, is needed. Absolutely. Um, and also, just to kind of follow up on what you were saying about you, uh, just being connected in community, uh, Lion Rock Recovery does host online meeting. They, they don't sponsor it, but they host the space for various online meetings. Yeah, so our, our sponsor, Lion Rock Recovery, on the website, there are meetings, 12-step uh, meetings that are led by volunteers in the community. Um who are part of the 12-step program and then also free workshops on um, different types of spirituality um, you know being newly sober being sober a year there's a really really there's an amazing woman Teresa who I, is an amazing circuit speaker and I hope to get her on the podcast she's, she's awesome fantastic. yeah so she teaches those workshops and they're completely free and you can join them from your cell phone or computer or tablet um, there during the day and again those are all listed under support groups so you just go there click and it'll tell you how to um it'll tell you how to join um at any time and there are people who go and just they're at work and they just join from their phone and listen so they're not even you know totally participating and then we've had people join from all sorts of crazy scenarios just so that they can get that connection teresa's got that really cool kind of like She's got that vibe where it's like you can kind of come as you are. Oh, yeah. And oh, yeah. she'll make it she knows educational and fun and give you a good laugh, but also, you know, just really give you some good information as well. Yeah. Yeah. She's sassy. She's awesome. <laughs> she, um, <laughs> she, she is. So I hope that uh, the resources are helpful for people. Please let us know if you want more resources, different types of resources. Again, we really want this to be an interactive process. So please reach out to us if you have any thoughts. And we look forward to seeing you on episode two with Bayan McDermott, a domestic violence survivor, sharing her incredible story. You guys definitely want to tune in for that one. All right. All right. See you then. Bye. The Courage to Change, a recovery podcast, would like to thank our sponsor, Lion Rock Recovery, for their support. Lion Rock Recovery provides online substance abuse counseling where you can get help from the privacy of your own home. 
For more information, visit www.lionrockrecovery.com backslash podcast. Subscribe and join our podcast community to hear amazing stories of courage and transformation bi-weekly.